Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Parents Just Won't Shut Up. I'm super excited about this interview, and I really hope that y'all are just as excited at the end of it. I interviewed Kelly Stone. She ran for Texas Railroad Commission. She got more votes in the state of Texas than Elizabeth Warren did. So that definitely says something about how awesome she is. She's a comedian, and on top of that, she's a badass mom. So please stay tuned. Listen to the whole two hours of it. And uh, I don't know, man. Just enjoy the show. It was a fun one to interview. And well, I guess that's about it. Thank you. No one ever talks about how hot it is to raise kids. Well, I mean, everyone talks about how hot it is to raise kids, but I don't know. No one ever talks about how great kids are to raise. But either way, this is an episode called Parents Just Won't Shut Up. And it's for parents to listen to other parents talk about the trials and tribulations. Because kids are great. I mean, kids can be assholes, but they're still great. You can be pissed off at them, they're still great. It doesn't matter. Because we love our kids, no matter what. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep talking about it as much as we possibly can. So welcome to an episode of Parents Just Won't Shut Up. Let's shut up and listen to this episode. Good grief. So are we starting over? Well, we're not really starting over. Okay. I saved the other stuff. I'm just going to put it intermittently. <laughs> I think that's going to be the best one. But there was no recording of the dog poop. No, no, no. <laughs> Your dog shit on my floor <laughs> in the room as other malfunctions were happening. Uh-huh. And it was like weird and awkward. I was starting to feel insecure. Your dog took a shit in the middle of the room. He did. Now I don't feel so bad. Okay. Yeah, I mean. Because like... Nothing warms up a crowd like just yeah. like dropping trout, yeah. just duking on the stage. Yeah, no, exactly. So, oh man, tell me how many kids you have. Uh, I have two kids, two okay. kids, four pregnancies. Uh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Um, sometimes you know they don't always they don't always stick. Yeah, um, that's true. All four unintentional, um, but two the two that lived uh, are still alive. Mm-hmm. I've I've maintained. <laughs> You've managed to keep those plants alive. They they exist, uh, and they are actually thoughtful. No, I've I've met your two kids. They're very thoughtful. They're amazing people. Um, that they uh, one of them can't spell to save his life. Like oh, we we he, really got to work on on yeah. the writing and the spelling. Does but, he have like an actual like thing about it? Because I can't spell, but I actually uh, have a block in my brain. I don't know. It's probably like yeah. um, it, it's likely because like some of the stuff that comes out, I'm like, really, Romeo? But like they could read everything, like yeah, they yeah, read yeah. out loud just fine. Um, but yeah, but he also could like assemble something that involves physics and engineering. Like yeah. no big deal. <laughs> and I'm like, but how do you spell that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the I other day, he physics. actually, uh, one of my my oldest kid, he said, um, "No, I didn't read the directions, but I understand physics." Yeah. What's What's back there? Where the where a the lot dog of is? a lot of tools. All right. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not gonna hurt anything over there. Might knock something that just knocks him out. Yeah. Now, Falls. if you just hear a a quick yelp, <laughs> he's he's asleep. <laughs> It'll be a self-induced coma. Well, yeah. So he, I mean, I'm here, and that's the thing. So yeah. No, but he's he, he's fine. He can run around over there, over on the other side. It doesn't matter at this point. I mean, yeah. The whole reason I even brought him with me was because I didn't want him to poop inside. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically, you won that battle. 
Uh, yeah, because he, he, he didn't did shit inside your house. At, at my house, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, he just managed to do it here in the studio. Yeah, but it's fine. I have beautiful Berber construction carpet down. It didn't take much to clean it, so it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, you guys, listeners, uh, Sean actually did the the spraying and the scrubbing. Like yeah. I just did the the picking up of the the solid matter. I think you I think you did the hardest part of that though. <laughs> I don't really want to pick up the dog poop. But I don't mind getting it off, like the the remnants of it. Kelly Stone wants to uh, get rid of a dog that she's fostering. Um, well, what kid were you just talking about? Which one's the real sweet one they can't spell? Uh, my <laughs> older one. Uh, he uh, he is. It's interesting. Like he's figured out how to rig. Like when a, a lot when he was much younger, he connected the wagon to his bicycle because he wanted a pedicab like yeah. so badly, right? And I was like, I don't think that's gonna work, Broski. And then he was like, No. And he like got out tools and like did it. And Made this it work. Is, like three years ago, yeah. you know. And he's twelve now, so I guess nine ish when he's like remodeling yeah. his bike yeah um and so his brain works and the other day like last week he put together a model airplane like yeah so he's got he's that just, kind of brain yeah real he's tangible with things too like you know he can he's good at building things yeah but yeah. he's like and he'll write a grocery list but it is very phonetic yeah. um <laughs> And then, and then my younger one is the is a philosopher, and he's always, you know, uh, he definitely believes in the Matrix and and a lot of like, oh, okay. yeah, 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 multiverse, yeah, sort he's of kind of kid. about that life. We've been watching. Have you watched uh, Midnight Gospel yet? No, on what's Netflix. It on? No, it's on Netflix, and it's a Duncan Trussell. Um, oh, it's a collaboration. Oh, who's the other person? They did the. Um, the other really weird cartoon, uh, Adventure Time. Oh yes, my daughter tried to get me to watch that. I have, I tried. Adventure I, Time? No, no, no. The Midnight the, Gospel. The Midnight Gospel, and I, I've tried to start it, and I got like five minutes into it, and I was like, I don't know. But if is it, is it good? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you're into, yeah. like because it is very dialogue heavy. Yeah. Yet it maintains like a lot of visual stimuli. Like the imagery yeah, yeah, yeah. is changing. Like yeah, no, that was the thing. Is it was it felt a little overwhelming. It's a trip. Yeah, it's like a, a yeah. dr- I don't know. I've never done acid, but it is very. Oh. It seems like an acid trip. Yeah. Um. If if I were to like you know conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> lots of uh, I don't know. Lots of geometric shapes. You know. Well, and j- weird stuff. So the very first episode, Dr. Drew, Drew Pinsky, is the yeah. voice of the president of that um, Earth, the, the, a different time Earth. And, and this Earth is being overrun by zombies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they're con- he's recording a podcast. Like, yeah. that's his whole thing. Is- yeah, I see, see, that's where <laughs> and he goes into, like, he lands in a whole different dimension, but he's like, you got to come, you got to take a picture with me, talking to the president. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he travels all these different multiverses, but he's, like, recording podcasts. You know, like, I just peed on the floor. Oh, man. He peed uh, like 97 times on the way here. I don't really think he peed. I mean, he did pee, but it wasn't like he had to it pee. It was like a he was like, hey, marking, I own like this. Letting, this is my rug. Oh, my gosh. All I mean, right. we could put him in the backyard. Um, he might. I don't know that he'll. I mean, he might bark. Well, I don't know. If he starts to bark, we'll let him back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, we I'm going to give that. him a shot. Play you outside. Go, Come on, buddy. And you run out the door. They run out. And then you slam the door shut. Yeah, yeah. So... 
this is better because uh, we don't have a fenced-in yard. I live downtown, and yeah. so we're you know we don't have a lot of options. Um, but yeah, so we participated in our first seder during the uh-huh. shelter at home quarantine global pandemic, whatever is the best way to describe what yeah. we're going through. And so we decided we we didn't want to name him like Rona yeah, or, yeah, yeah. you know, like virus. But <laughs> something that would definitely remember, you'd remember the, yeah, the occasion by. Yeah. And say it, and it means order. And mm-hmm. I think that's interesting because like he's fostered. And so now we're like bringing order yeah. uh, to his life, hopefully. So that's funny. No, he, well, he's a cute dog. I mean, that's why it's not that big of a deal that he's, he peed on my floor because it's like I can't do anything to that dog. If you would have brought like a Great Dane in here, I would have like probably slapped him in the face. Been like, no, nah, that's bad. Aww. That little guy is like, yeah, and uh, he has to be peed out by now because we walked all the way here. Well, that's amazing what those things can retain. It's interesting. And I did want to mention that dog has the biggest penis for his body size. <laughs> my wife said it's as big as his tail, and that's- his tail is really big. When I when I walked outside from having peed in your bathroom in your home where I offered to pee in the yard because I'm mm-hmm. trying to be um, appropriate during the the, the social distancing mm-hmm. and uh, but I walked outside and that's what she said she said we were just discussing the size of his penis. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, it's just it's it's like what I would imagine if if that I mean could you, if the dog was six foot. <laughs> You know, he'd be like four and a half foot long because he's just a long looking wiener dog. Right. And then he'd have a three foot wong. Right. That's, and and that's just the skin that holds. I don't even know yeah, how dog's lipstick. penises work. Lipstick's got to pop out. Red rocket. So it's that's funny. You just said, I don't know how dog's penises work. So I was a super nerd in high school. Uh huh. And um, so I took like every science class available and I I think like six different science classes, including anatomy and physiology, one and two uh, AP, like nerd stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, But the the year that I took A&P, too, it was the first year that they were like developing it. So basically the teacher was like, what do you guys want to learn? Yeah, yeah, So yeah. we spent a whole semester because it was a year long class. Uh-huh. Like, um, spent a whole semester talking about reproduction because we just kept asking sex questions. Well, that's neat. And I, and I was the one that they were like, Kelly, you're not afraid to ask. Will you ask what the red thing is that comes out of the dog? And that's funny. <laughs> and I did. I was like, what's the red thing that comes out of a dog? And he was like, well, that's his penis. Yeah. And so basically, like, the furry part is the foreskin. Okay. And it's that's like the why protective. that pulls back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the penis is the red part that comes out. Yeah. And um, up, I, I had never seen in my whole life until recently after getting um, this foster dog, another male dog ejaculated all over him. And I had never seen... <laughs> That's funny. That process. Yeah. Until a couple weeks ago. That's really funny. Yeah. That's insane. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually seen a dog ejaculate, period. I never had. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Those are those moments where you're like, it's happening. It's happening. I need to let this happen. It's happening. It's a natural thing. And then that's where I noticed because now, because I had a girl dog, like in my adult life, I I had a girl dog, right? And so this is my first boy dog. And, um, but I have noticed when his lipstick starts to come out a little bit that there's even a hole at the end of it, like a, mm-hmm. a urethra, yeah, 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 which does make sense. Cause then they pee. Yeah. And so, but I just never, I always thought of it as a lipstick that was like, yeah, like enclosed, a, yeah. <laughs> like just a full, yeah. no opening. It's just, yeah, it's just the tube. 
Yeah, so I think that that level of anatomy is very similar to yours, where the urethra um, is for both urine and yeah. semen. Yeah. <laughs> Man, <clears throat> well, this just turned into a great educational hour for me. Well, and dog penises. No, and I need to know. That's what I do. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, so you don't do it right now, but you did work at the college, and you were a sex ed teacher. I don't want to under... So no okay so I worked at the I university um uh, from 2008 until mm-hmm. 2019 uh, and I actually was there from um 02 to 04 as well I had a little stint and then I went away um I was tired of being condescended to for only having a bachelor's degree so I decided oh, yeah. to leave <laughs> go get my masters yeah. And then, uh, and that was at the University of Texas at Austin in, in, in Austin. Yeah. And then I left and I lived in Philadelphia for a couple of years. And I was actually in a doctoral program for okay. human sexuality education. But I withdrew from the program because I was very displeased um, with, with the program. Oh, yeah? And, um, yeah, and I was like, this is not for me. But what was cool was... Um, I ended up getting a job at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. So I commuted twice a week from Philadelphia to George Mason to teach human mm-hmm. sexuality. Um, and it was my very first yeah. college class that somebody was letting me have. And I needed those course instructor evaluations. Because yeah. that's how you prove that yeah, you're that teaching you're experience. Yeah. But then it's like, how do you get hired? <laughs> you have to have experience. The same problem that... Everyone everyone has. deals with right, yeah. um, and so and I also worked as a prevention specialist for Jewish Family and Children's Services in Philadelphia. So I was in um, the schools uh, kindergarten through sixth grade doing prevention education, alcohol, tobacco, other drugs, um, violence prevention, dating violence, pregnancy prevention, yeah. that kind of stuff. And so um, when I came back to Texas because I was pregnant with my first son and decided. To, I, I wanted to raise river rats and, and get back to San Marcos. Yeah. Um, plus, we were in a studio apartment in Philadelphia, a teeny tiny little place. And the cost of moving, even to down the hall in the building we would be in, was the same cost to move back to Texas, right? Oh, okay. So it was like... Yeah. Let's just go back to Texas. Yeah. And um, so, and then, and that's when I started working at Texas State. Um, and so, and I, I first started working, I was the coordinator for volunteer services and I was a student development specialist. And so I advised Bobcat Builds. Okay. Um, I ran four Bobcat Builds, which is the second uh, largest community service event in the entire state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also the advisor for the Pride and Traditions Cat Camp. And uh, basically, and after I left that job, I moved around the university, right? But when I left that job, my job became three full-time jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah it seems like Because that's what I was doing. Yeah. Like, um, and then... But, but then, this wasn't... this. You weren't teaching any classes. You were I just, was. You were just... Okay, you were. But I wasn't like a full-time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're a, a, in student affairs, you're okay. only allowed to teach one class. Um, that's all they allow. And so from from 2008, I always taught one class a semester. But then... Um, in order to get divorced, which I, I very much needed to do, mm-hmm. um, I also needed to have a job that was only eight to five, um, that I could yeah. like be a single mom, pick up my kids from daycare and yeah. have, and my job before like running all this stuff, like I would have 16 hour days yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'd be like, hey, you know, and so, um, 
I switched and I became the health educator for the campus. And so I worked in the health center Mm -hmm. and each semester I did hundreds of presentations. So I was the gal that came into all these different college classrooms teaching people how to put condoms on, you know, talking to people about um, acquaintance rape. I did, you know, I did, and it wasn't always sexual health, like, because I'm a certified health educator. And so I would do stuff on um, nutrition, stress management, all these different Mm -hmm. health topics. But sexuality was by far, you know, my passion. And um, and so then when I got the opportunity, then I started teaching um, in family and consumer science. Mm -hmm. And I knew they had a human sexuality class. And so I had submitted my resume and I was like yo I really want to teach this class and they were like well what if you taught policy (laughs) and I was like sure yeah you know because it's a foot in the door and that's a lot of the things is like you have to play these games well what kind of policy though like whenever they say what do you teach family policy policy. family policy and you talk about like policy for like people that do that are writing the policy like you're teaching them how to I mean explain that I guess explain the so I was in a department, or actually it was a school, um, uh-huh. and then the departments are under the school, um, of family and consumer science. Yeah. And so um, it housed nutrition, fashion, interior design, child <clears throat> development, consumer affairs, um, basically that most those majors, right? Yeah. And there was a class called family policy, which, so my undergrad is family and consumer science. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to take family policy as an undergrad. And so it's a capstone course for those students. Every student in that whole school graduating, they have to take this class oh, okay. about um, issues, regulations, laws, policies that affect individuals and families at the local, state, and federal level. Okay. And so they were like, "Do you want? Would you teach this?" And yeah. I was like, "Sure." Well, it just sounds like a good eye-opening course. It's, I mean, if everyone has to take it, you know, it's like had taking a course of just the basic anthropology. Yeah. Just eye-opening. Yes. You know? like, be less ignorant. And that's a part. Yeah. And that's what I sort of struggle with as as we've evolved in um, the way that higher education is looking and is playing out. Yeah. Um, I took a lot of classes I was required to take that expanded my, my knowledge, my thoughts, my experience. They weren't necessarily training me specifically in a a skill or a profession, but it was giving me a university education. And we have so bastardized what we are doing with education. And so now it's very like, everything's very specialized. So vocationally focused. And it's like, then, then go to a trade school. Yeah. Then go to a vocational school. Now, that's the way I feel about it. Because I remember when I was younger, I used to think about going to college and it's like, well, if I'm going to go to college and I don't want to take math, I shouldn't have to because blah, 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 because I'm paying for this. Now that I'm older, I kind of understand the whole reason why you take all those courses. And it's mainly just, for me right now, it'd be just a hell of a refresher, you know. But right. on top of that, you know, it's just your, um, oh, I lost my train of thought on that, man. But yeah, the the, you know, just the basic, opening up all those fucking doors for your brain. Yeah, I mean, you know? even even like the, the the art history or like the yeah. perspective, I was like, whoa, yeah. I didn't know about fertility, you know, statues and yeah. early art, like, you know, in these things. And then so then it does connect, right? Yeah. But so, yeah, so I taught this course. Um, I started teaching full-time uh, in 2012. Okay. And um, in each semester, I had three sections of the family policy class, sometimes four sections, and that's considered mm-hmm. full-time. And um, then one of the professor, the only professor that taught the sexuality course left to go to A&M. Like, she oh, okay. got a different... And she I was, was like, out. hey, uh, who's, who's going to be? Who's going to be? And then there were some... 
departmental dynamics where they wanted to get rid of it. They were like, no, we're just going to get rid of that sexuality course. And then the chair of the department was like, Kelly can teach it. And why would we send their money away to to other departments to to take this class? We want to keep their money. I mean, you got to think about the business of it too, right? And so when I started teaching it, it was only offered during one summer session once a year. That was Mm -hmm. the only thing. And the cap on it was 35 students. And um, by the time I left, uh, I had more than 90 students. And they just kept growing my section. They did not grow my pay um, or give me a TA. And so, like, to go from 30 five students yeah. maximum to more than 90 yeah. that's triple that could yeah, be three classes a handful. oh my yeah, gosh and i can imagine yeah 35 is a handful 90 is ridiculous yeah and that was just one class but you had fans oh people liked you oh my class the day that registration would open my class would close like yeah. it would fill up full. that yeah. day so it was undeniable that like i was well liked yeah. right and and a lot of students there of course Keystone has haters right yeah but a lot of I've students, never met one <laughs> I've met I've met many <laughs> uh, but a lot of students yeah. found both my policy class as well as my sexuality class to be just you know very eye opening yeah. and really helping them to um, think before they place judgment yeah because they so many college students, you know, because a lot of them are white. There's a lot of white privilege, and they don't understand the world outside of their lens. Oh yeah. Oh no, no. I can. I mean, that was well. That's that's just called growth. Because I was. I mean, I was. It was funny for me. I I moved from Austin. I grew up uh, till '96. Uh, I moved to or '97. I moved to to Wimberley, which is a real small little bitty town. Mm-hmm. And I moved from the big city of Austin. I was still in the suburbs of Austin, but still it was bigger and there was way more diversity. And I remember the first whenever I first moved to Wimberley, I just saw how like incredibly like close-minded some people are. And then it was really funny too because it's like, where are you from? I'm from Austin. Well, what gang are you in? It's like, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Right. You know, like I'm still just some odd-looking white boy. You know, like I'm not in a gang, right. you know, but and but and then and then just but then me just getting older, though, I, I thinking about the way that I thought when I was younger, you know, just it's oh just growth. Gosh. I mean, yeah. the things that I, I I expected people to be a certain way and if they weren't, then they didn't, you know, then they were bad people. Right. You know? Yeah. Because it's so narrow in in, yeah. in your and I mean. And this, I don't mean this to sound disparaging, but to give an example of the lack of diversity that I experienced in some of my classes, in one one semester, in one section of 30 students, so one classroom, 30 students, I had four Britneys and three Caitlins. Oh, wow. And one... And that's not even a joke. No. Those are the real names. Yeah. <laughs> they were all spelled differently. Oh, man. Real special. Is Caitlin with a C? Is there yep. any other? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And then Brittany with like the E Y, Brittany with the I, A N Y. I think those were the three. Brittany with a silent G H. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, and so, and then in one semester, I had three Ashleys, and in a row, alphabetically on the roster. And so my roster said Ashley, Ashley, oh, Ashley. That's great. Yeah. And so, um, very few men. In my classes. Um, And that was because it was just, this is the majors. And so most of my men were in my sexuality class. Yeah. Um, I think one time I had a class of 65, and I think I had three men Mm -hmm. in it. I'm sure they learned a lot. (laughs) I would have taken it. 
You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, a ton of people. And so, yeah. And then I think what you're getting at where you're asking, it because I'm no longer yeah. there, um, I ended up, I was targeted mm-hmm. um, and harassed by a, a, a right-wing extremist group uh, for being, quote-unquote, too liberal, which, I mean, yeah. I taught politics and sex. So, yeah, that's, well, you know, you that's know. just one step away from <laughs> Satanism and... Yeah, no. exactly. And so, and and I am liberal, you know, yeah. and so, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and uh, so the university ended up not renewing my teaching contract. Wow. So as of last May, I have not been in the classroom. Wow. And that's, that's, well, I ended up. Uh, but you've done other stuff. Yeah. That's so, what propelled okay. me to run you, for office. You, you did not just like curl up in a ball. No. And land in a ditch. <laughs> And was comforted by your two loving sons until just now. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I have definitely suffered, yeah. you know, grief and depression and, and kind of, um, you know, struggling with my place. And, yeah. and what sucks is I really enjoyed the intellectual stimulation. Like, on a daily basis. Oh, I feel you. Being challenged and asked yeah. questions and facilitating and having to think of, like, how do I say that in a different way so yeah. that they understand? And I really, really like that challenge. Yeah. Um, and so, and then that's, I, I was in a relationship. Uh, I had a, I had a Sweetums. I had a mm-hmm. boo uh, when all that took place. And so that, I, I stopped teaching in May. And so June was my very first semester in, like, seven years of summer to not be in the classroom for summer oh, school. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And summer school is my favorite. Yeah. I love summer school. I also like the movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't think oh, so. Oh, you got to look that one up. Okay. Summer school. Okay. We'll get back on that one later. Yeah, I love it because like you'd be like, and let's pick up where we left off yesterday because yeah. class is every day. Yeah. And you it's get to jam-packed. know the students and then you leave and you go to the river. Like it's so great. Um, And I love summer school. And so then I found that like my, my sweetie was not offering me the intellectual discourse Mm-hmm. that I so require. Yeah. Um, and so that was becoming burdensome where like they were just kind of waiting for me to shut up so we could go to bed. But, and I'd be like waiting for like you to interject, yeah. like, w- did you read any articles about this? Or like, do yeah, you want to yeah, challenge yeah. me? Or, you know, and like, so um, that's, that's been, so we, we uncoupled um, yeah. in September. You unhitched that wagon. We did. Okay. Yeah. But I, um, so May was, Last day in the classroom, and then in June I um, paddled the Texas Water Safari. Yes, that was the other thing. You've done, how many of those have you done? You've done two. I've completed two as a paddler, okay. and then I've also team captained for two. So, so I've earned so four done, patches. You've done four total all the way. Yeah, that's but, crazy. Um, two of them, yeah, I paddled myself, yeah. and then two of them I supported. Yeah, no, I end. loved it because whenever I did, I didn't do the Texas Water Safari, but whenever I did. Just a little two-day stint I did with my son on the, you know, you you gave me all the info to where mm-hmm. to drop in and where to go, and it was perfect, you know. Yeah. I just sold my canoe. I'm gonna buy an aluminum one. That's my big plan, and then we're gonna go on a much. We're gonna. I want to go from here to Victoria. Oh. That's, that's I have some friends that live there, so they were. We all want to like just do it. Victoria is two two hundred. That's the two hundred mile mark. Yeah, it's um, like we're just gonna do the whole drop in at Staples thing and just go. I mean, we're not really gonna be a part of anything. Right, right, right. Other than like we're just gonna go and do it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, there's, it's so interesting. There's some really gnarly parts of the river, but, um, yeah, so I, I did that and that was a part of, um, through the misery of like fighting and filing my grievance and doing all that. I was like, what I'm doing for my self care is I'm training for this race. Um, because like, I'm very, um, 
this too shall pass, right? Mm-hmm. Is is something that I it's a mantra uh, that I repeat a lot and and I thought, you know, being alone in a boat and challenging myself and like what can I really put myself yeah. through? I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I it, mean, I, I you know, <laughs> I, I, I I if you had a gun in my head, I could do it. No, but, I mean, it's, you it's, know, it is doable and everybody's race is different. Like you race your race because yeah. there's like the elite, like Olympic racers that compete globally. And they yeah. I mean, they're they're insane. I mean, they're not insane. I mean, they're amazing. Um, and I'm not that. Yeah. Um, but I'm also not the tra la la. I'm just going to try to do it in under 100 hours. Like because yeah. trying to finish in 70 hours that's a full day yeah. difference, you know? And then, and you do, you want to get it done when you're doing oh, it. Oh yeah. You know? No, I can imagine that. Like, yeah. Because how many, so how many, what was your best time? So, um, the, in 2016, I've completed, I competed novice in an aluminum boat with another woman mm-hmm. and we finished in 72 hours. Okay. In 2019, I did it in a C1 canoe, um, and up until that point, only six women had ever finished in a C1 canoe. So it was really sexy to me to what's try the, to. What's the C1 look like? It, is, is it the one that looks like a stealth fighter in uh, the water? Well, that's probably the extreme that you're thinking. Okay. Um, so it is. I mean, it's a big, long racing boat, but it has wings on it. It's yeah. really designed for lake paddling. Yeah. Um, and so they say a C1 is the hardest way to do the safari. That's and so funny. that sounded. I saw whenever I went out with my son and we went camping, uh, I, we, I, two times I ran into a lady that was on something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, she was hauling ass. Yeah. This you know? boat, the C1 does not have a rudder on the back. So yeah, she had the foot. Yeah, yeah, so when you have the feet, that's an unlimited boat. And so with a C1, because you don't have a rudder, the only way that you can steer is with your paddle. Yeah. And you, so the other ones, you can double blade. Mm-hmm. But with a C1, you can't double blade. You can only single blade. And so, um, yeah, so I sought out to become the seventh woman to finish in a C1. And um, I broke my boat in half at the 57-mile mark. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, uh, three miles before Palmetto, and um, and so I repaired my boat with sticks and tape and zip ties, and I finished in, um, I think it was 76 hours. It might have been 78 hours. Now yeah. I don't I don't even remember my time, because that yeah, became that was, a... Yeah, that was a whole other race. Oh, my God. Oh. And so, and the thing is, is so, like, I make it all the way to the bay yeah. um, with my broken boat, and then a monsoon oh, hit shit. while I was in the bay. <laughs> and everybody, like, they were all waiting at the awards. And yeah. I was still going to finish in time to make it to the awards banquet when the sky, like, opened Just, up. And, yeah. and everybody was like, Kelly's out there. <laughs> Not to send out the Coast Guard for you. Oh, so, yeah. So, so I, I honestly, I guess I should look. But it, I think it was... 70 it was either 76 or 78 hours that i ended up finishing in um but i finished like the the fact of that is like i finished and i became the eighth woman yeah to finish in a c1 boat and that kind of showed me that um not kind of it did that i can do anything that mm-hmm. i put my mind to and no so- <laughs> it's very true so so that's a beautiful segue right into the railroad commission yeah. which i want to say i was super excited not a lot of people know what the railroad commission was i happen to have I'm very well educated in the Railroad Commission because I worked oil fields forever. And that's what the Railroad Commission controls. Yeah. And I can tell you, I was not, I'm never surprised whenever you find out a politician is crooked. But 
the Railroad Commission is a league of its own when oh my it comes gosh. to these people. So I was super excited. I even like in like the voting booth, mm-hmm. I took a picture of the screen <laughs> with your name on it and then I voted. You know, I mean, super illegal. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, but tell me all about it. No, there was I, there was so much support. It was so amazing. So that was so that was June of 2019. Right. And then mm-hmm. so then in July of 2019 is when I filed yeah. my treasurer to run. And so I think it was after all that. And I was like, well, if this right if I got on the radar of a right wing extremist group for being too liberal, Maybe I'm doing something right. Yeah. Yeah. You're on someone's radar. Yeah. And, and at so that point, then, yeah. and I was like, oh, y'all are taking me out of my classroom at this like small state university. I mean, it's a very large university, yeah. small town, right? Yeah. Um, but so maybe I just need to take my liberalness to a statewide level. And I was like, YOLO. Yeah. Um, and plus 2020, I mean, it was like this, this is the time. Like women are stepping up. Yeah. Um, and and we need more people who are people. Yeah. Well, what was it like being I mean, because you were on the road, you 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 traveled Texas and you had <laughs> yeah. did you have your you had your boys with you? For some of it, for a good for some, bit okay. of it. Yeah. Because uh so my boys, we've been homeschooling, okay, which was actually not a full part of the plan moving into the fall of 2019. Yeah. Uh, one of the kids was, he was going to be homeschooling and then the other one was supposed to start the junior high and he did. And within a week he was like abort. Like oh, he went to the one Miller. Uh, Miller? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My and son goes to Miller. He hates it there, but I mean, yeah, I'm not going like, to homeschool. No, he was like, no, but honestly, since this Corova thing, I've thought about it. I mean, he's doing well. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, and he had homeschooled for a semester at one point. Like we've we had a lot of different, um, I think, philosophical differences through the elementary, including like one teacher got really mad that my kid told her no, and he and she said kids don't get to say no, oh, and shit. I said, oh no, we yeah. believe in my body, my choice, yeah. and and we we are allowed to set boundaries. Yeah. Um, and and then she got really pissed off at me because she realized that her phone conversation she had with me. I was sitting next to my children and they chimed in and she was like, how dare you have this conversation with me in front of your children? And I was sort of like, how dare you try to tell me how to live my life with my kids at my house? And I said, we are team stone. Like this is us. Like y'all are a unit. Yeah. And I was like, this is not, this is not about you and your philosophies right now. Um, and not that, I mean, I very much, I, I appreciate teachers. I had really amazing teachers. I would not be the person that I am today if it were not for my secondary. Well, and you are a teacher. Yeah, I am. And, and I get that like not all of us mix and match and, you know, and all the things. But, um, I think when it comes to like uh, telling me like, what my kid can and can't do, uh, that's not okay, you know? Yeah. And the reason he had said yeah, no Yeah, what, what did to he her, say no about? So she um, told him to pass out some papers. Okay. And he said no. Um, but then she just got all in a huff about it. Yeah. But when I inquired about it, it turns out that um, they had just had snack mm-hmm. and he had been overlooked at snack and he did not receive snack. Uh-oh. And then he was told to pass out papers. And so he said no as his way of trying to like pout and yeah. say like, I didn't get snack and I'm real upset about it. Yeah. Um, but but either way, who cares? He's just 25 other kids. Right. To have someone else do it. Right. But yeah, she, and so it was like, and wrote that, she wrote that in the, like the stupid behavior folder that they're beholden to, which I also had massive issues with that. Yeah. But she wrote, he told me no. That was all she wrote in the behavior folder. And I was like, 
what did he say no about? We are allowed to. Da, da, da. Yeah. And then when I asked him about it, he said like he hadn't gotten snack. And then she told him to do something for her. And he was yeah. like, no. Um, and then when I brought it up on this phone conversation, she went on and on about how she would never starve a child in all of her years of teaching. And I was like, I didn't. Yeah, who cares? You miss a snack. Like, I, I <laughs> totally see how you could miss yeah. a kid in snack. Like, yeah. that's fine. But maybe when a kid says no to you like that, maybe inquiring, like, well, what's wrong? Did something? Yeah, yeah you can either inquire or move on. But yeah. those are your two options. Yeah, and then to make an issue of it and yeah. put it in his behavior folder, yeah. and now you want me to follow up? Well, guess what? Yeah. Here's the information. So, now oh. I my I had I had my my son got in trouble for missing school one time and got sent to ISS whenever he was in, uh, or no, he kept getting uh, detention just during you know recess. He had to sit on the curb or whatever it was. And, uh, but I had to sign like this referral because he was in trouble for missing class. And, but it wasn't really missing class. He was just late because his, his mom was dropping him mm-hmm. off late, mm-hmm. but he was the one getting punished for this. So I had to go talk to the principal. I'm like, I don't understand why you're punishing him for something that is completely out of his control. Right. And she just flat out told me that sometimes it is the kid's fault. And I was like, my son is in the fourth grade. I don't understand your, your theory. And I don't know why you're a principal. Yeah. Because this makes no sense to me, but. Anyways, it, it became a deal a yeah. thing, and then, uh, but after that, she moved on, and the next principal was a wonderful person. So I guess she was just on her way out, and just felt like being argumentative. I, uh, that day. Yeah, I just I, I feel like it's particularly in this time of like Corona right now, and yeah. what teachers are are doing to still be wonderful and get things. Like yeah. I don't want to. This is not be a dis- shit on teachers episode. Yeah, I don't want to be disparaging at all, but we had some different um, experiences that were not to our family's best interest. And so, and I was in a position because I was teaching full time, but my classes were, I'm opening a beer. If oh, you no, are, there's the sound wildly of that. inappropriate. Um, perfectly fine. And by beer, I mean this is a Mike's. It's not even a beer. That doesn't count as a beer. Black cherry lemonade. Yeah. Uh, because I don't know what's happened to me, but I have become my mother during this quarantine. I was roommate. She always drank um, uh, Bartles and James. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> so here I am. Um, but so we, I was in a position where homeschooling was an option that didn't mean that it made anything easier for me it made yeah. things a lot harder like i was like a par- i'm a parasitic host oh, like yeah, yeah, yeah. at You're all times all, always at all yeah. times and so and then that means i'm grading papers at four o'clock in the morning and you know and yeah. all this kind of stuff but um, my kids started to do much better psychologically yeah. and their emotional like they were just like chill and cool right yeah. and then the conversations that we started having but so it ended up being kind of a blessing while I was running for statewide office in a state as big as Texas yeah. um, with my yeah. homeschool kids because then they could they could go on the road with me. Yeah. And how many kids get to have an experience? Oh, no, that's a, that's a, I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's a handful. But, yeah, it's definitely a very unique feeling yeah. and a unique thing to see. And, and to meet people and just to see how different cities look and oh, rural areas. And, and being in these settings where I'm being grilled in forums yeah. and they are like, that's my mom, right? Yeah. But then also, like, they're sitting, like, my younger son was sitting in the lobby of this hotel while I, at the AFL-CIO, like, mm-hmm. big statewide event. And he's, like, talking to dudes 
running for Supreme Court yeah. and cracking jokes and talking and like meeting amazing people or, or hopefully can be amazing people. Yeah. They can also be the world's yeah, shittiest people. Some of people. them are real terrible, but some of them were incredible. Yeah. And so like that was such a unique experience that they yeah. could never have achieved in a classroom. And then also too, like as a mom, like I don't know what I would have been doing if I like had to be in El Paso, but my kids had yeah. a presentation and then I'm dealing with like having people pick them up and get them to school. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was, it was really nice. Yeah, to that be seems able to like it'd be just that. more, it would be more logistics than, than just taking them with you, you oh, know, cause man. you have to rely on the, 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 the help, either you're paying them or they're doing it out of their, because they're friends. Yes. But you got to rely on other people yep. to like get your shit together. Right. And I don't know if anyone that listens to this show knows about San Marcos, but there's a lot of people around here that look like they got their shit together, but man, they forget things really quick. Oh man. Yeah. So I've had some unreliable people even, I mean, I've even had like where tutors, like huh. where I've hired them because I was in class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so I had days where I had people come yeah. to the house to do like history or art or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I had days where, um, they decided not to show up and I'm like, my, my kid is at home yeah, like, waiting, waiting yeah. for you. And so, oh, but, and then granted, like my young, he was like, oh, I've just been using the binoculars and watching birds out the window. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. I know your kids are like ridiculously awesome. <laughs> I mean, they really are like my son compared to your, they're, they're the same age. And, and I'm not saying I'm picking favorites here, but if I had to choose, <laughs> you know, Oh, no. I mean, they're, they're really amazing. But yeah. Um, but no, relying on people. And I've had that before, too, because I've been doing stand up comedy for mm -hmm. this year. This November will be my 14th year doing stand up comedy. And um, and I've seen you. I got I was on your your guest list one time. Yeah. I yeah. felt very important. Oh, yeah. That yeah, was at the yeah. uh, Laugh uh, Out Loud. Laugh or, Out Loud. No, no, no. no. Uh, River Center. River Center in, in yeah, in San Comedy Antonio. Club. Yeah. yeah. And I, did, is that the one I advanced? It was. It, did I advance in that I one? I don't think that, okay. I think that was not the advanced okay. one. That was uh, the, <laughs> I, I, but I laughed really hard. So, and, and for you guys are comedy competitions, which uh, comedy is so relative. Judging comedy is, is bizarre, but I've, yeah. I've definitely, I think I was, I was prepared for running for statewide office in regards to public speaking, public speaking. I've done comedy in pizza joints yeah. where like just really weird, you know, things where I'm like, yo, I, I definitely got this mastered yeah. where I can just walk into a room and, and talk and, to people. Yeah. And let me stop you there. Actually, I've seen you more than once because I have seen you <laughs> at the three people in the audience and we're just all kind of more or less hanging out. And I think I was the only one that wasn't telling jokes that <laughs> night. And oh, that yeah. actually is more awkward than anything because then they're like, you're going to go up? I don't, I'm not a comedian. Right, right. And they're like, so? I mean, I, occasionally, like, so? <laughs> occasionally I say funny things and I catch people off guard. But I don't think I have that real stage. I don't know. One day I might try it, but who knows? Well, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot of awkwardness in that in that regard. And then um, but I also when I graduated high school, I was hired on with a cheerleading company, Universal Cheerleaders Association. So for two years, for two summers um, of, of college slash post high, high school, I traveled the state of Texas teaching cheerleading camps. Awesome. And so um, 
I would show up in like a town with one flashing light. Yeah. And I would be the cheer instructor for the cheer squad, right? And and um so I've traveled the state a couple times over um yeah. in terms of teaching cheerleading camps and then remember how I mentioned I worked at the university from 02 to 04. Yeah, yeah. I was the agriculture recruiter and advisor. So I worked for the Department of Agriculture at the university. Okay. And my job was to travel around yeah, and get people and recruit people. So I went to FFA meetings and 4-H and I was all You're, over Were you recruiting potential students? To come. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so basically talking to their parents to let their sweet baby Joe Bob Yeah. Um not only it was like a double sell it was like not only to come to this university mm-hmm. but to major in this particular major because maybe they're like yeah i do want to study philosophy you don't really find that at a lot of ffa meetings yeah. but um i had to go to the national ffa convention a couple of years um i had to set up a booth at the houston livestock show and rodeo for three weeks oh my um, God. and i was like hokeying do you know the hokey like um yeah when you're sweeping, I, I was, like at the restaurant, I was raised at an honor. I was raised in Steiner Ranch. Okay. So and it was still a ranch when it was Steiner Ranch. So I was hokeying cow shit out yeah. of my my recruitment booth constantly all day, you know, and so um, I've definitely paid my dues or. I've been in a in a training program yeah. <laughs> that led me to I think just be to take my balls out and set them on the table yeah. and be like, yeah, I'm gonna run for statewide office. Yeah, might as well. <laughs> no, yeah, no, I love it. I mean, it's a great story. It's fucking wonderful, you know. And I I I don't know. I how what, what did you do? How good did you do in the race in itself? So I got 21 percent of the vote. So okay. I did not advance to the runoff, yeah. which was disappointing because. We thought that I would. That we okay. knew for sure there'd be a runoff because there were four candidates. And yeah, so, yeah. Unless one sweeps the whole nest. And and then that was also like, well, if I could do that, that'd be amazing. But I was not the party pick. Um, the TDP was not impressed with me. They did not want me. Uh, they handpicked... Um, one of the the opponents mm-hmm. and um, who was an oil and gas defense attorney. Oh yeah, that he is not. He's gonna be very non-biased. She, she. she I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. She is gonna be very non-biased. I think there's some conflicts of interest. Um, but interestingly, which this is <laughs> this is um, uh, this is where I'm learning a lot of things about politics. Uh, she texted me right before I came here, mm-hmm. and we're not friends. Um, oh. I even like I got a text and I responded and then I also said who is this yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was um, trying to clear up my endorsement because the other candidate has been publicly stating that I have endorsed them okay and there has been no agreement and no public endorse I have not endorsed in this race yeah um, because I'm not going to endorse anyone that doesn't support a ban on fracking. Yeah. Um, the the sacred rights of indigenous people. That so wait, that's uh-huh. pretty much you're not gonna endorse anyone. <laughs> or did you luck out and there's like one guy or one girl that got less votes or a little bit more than you? Are you talking about in my race? Yeah. No, okay. So there's there's two candidates. Yeah. And um so 
act whatever you have like tens of listeners um but this <laughs> this could come back one day it's fine um but but if anything were to come back one day it'd be it'd be my podcast called the spread um <laughs> where our logo was a sideways pair of panties uh and oh, there's a yeah. story related to that um so if anything we're actually gonna um what does matter? Anything that you say, if you don't want it to be can and will use against you later on in life, it can be edited out. Right. Or I just, I, th- there was one podcast that I had linked on my my Kelly Stone webpage, like well before I was ever running for office. Yeah. And one morning during the campaign, I woke up and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have that podcast just like yeah, openly, there, easily linked. Yeah. Like maybe people need to find it a little bit harder. Uh, Cause it was about, I mean, uh, a, a, a different, a former sweetie, a different former sweetie. And I had gone to like a very adult party. Mm-hmm. And so it was a podcast telling stories about oh. all that. And it was like, maybe, maybe. What did y'all do at the adult parties? Like play piano and drink some champagne? Yes. Yes. Fix some plumbing. Um, there was a shadow box where activities maybe were performed. Um, so and then and then we. It's a ended wonderful up, Muppet show. Yeah, we ended up raiding a vacant apartment naked, wearing oh, headlamps. Like that's even better. Yeah, it was a great story. Like and um, that's why I had it on my website. Yeah. And then I was like, mm, let me just delete that today. That's a good one to get rid of. Yeah. So um, this podcast is the least. (laughs) No, yeah. Like I said, this podcast is a grower, not a shower. Uh, Yeah. Like when I asked you about your listenership, um, I used to take a lot of pleasure in uh, the the Google pen drops of where our listeners all across the globe. Yeah, I have one in Pakistan. That's cool. And Israel and Ireland. Mm. So I have three. I don't know where, you know. Yeah, we were we were doing a little bit better than than you were. We were in like about a thousand a week. I was pretty happy with my one in Israel, one in yeah. Afghanistan, or wherever the hell they're from. I don't even remember now. That's but how significant they we are. We were three gals talking about sexual exploits. You yeah. know what I mean? And oh no, so, you're gonna get yeah. yeah. Well, and I don't mean to say oh it's gonna be easy. You just I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the hell I'm doing half the time when it comes to like publicity for this. I just paste some stuff on Facebook and gets out there and people listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, but no, so um. But I I was very novice yeah. as a as a candidate just in general obviously mm-hmm. it was my first time to things although I've been teaching about policy right like yeah, well, that's I know the thing. how like you know the 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 bread is made or like you know yeah. like I know like some of the the elements of it and things to ask and question and, and teaching students about like, you know, social security policy yeah. and what FDR did, you know, all these kind of things but like how people negotiate endorsements mm-hmm. and it's like, this is all new information to me. Yeah. Right. And that's one of the things is like when you lose, which I did. Um, yeah. You're still in the race. Well, then the goal is to push yeah. them to the left. Yeah. Right. And so like, I'll endorse you like if you Bernie take Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Right. Like, so then the whole thing is like, then will Biden, which we know he's not, he's not even talking about Medicare for all yeah. or, you know, but then that's the thing is like, if you can then push them yeah. to the left, then, then you've done your due diligence that you, you, you did the work of shifting yeah. the paradigm and getting the conversation. So both candidates that were at the top of the ticket mm-hmm. um, reached out to me the week of the primary. Yeah. Um, and, of course, wanting my endorsement. And so I 
emailed them both mm-hmm. in the two field. So like it was the same email, not trying to play games. I'm very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, my whole goal is transparency so much. Well, that's scary to people though. I bet you the fact that you did a double email, they were like, she's trying to double dick us. There's something going on around here. You know, but I was like, "Listen, you've both emailed me, and yeah. you've both called me and texted me. Um, I am leaving to go to the mountains because right after I lost, I was like, well, you know what? Me and yeah. the kids need a break.' <laughs> Where'd you go to Guadalupe Peak we, or something? No, we went to Dillon, Colorado. Oh, okay, we're a little bit um, further north. A little fancy, it sounds, but um, it's because I'm very lucky to have the network of friends that I do. Yeah. Um, and I, I crowdsourced it and I said, um, Hey, the boys and I want to go on a vacay. Everybody knows I just lost. Um, and, and all it was, was the boys requirements were a cabin, a hot tub and snow. Yeah. And so we could have been in the middle of the woods. Like it did. The yeah. Mount mountains were not a requirement, right? Yeah. Snow cabin, hot tub. And I had people that were like, I've got a cabin and a hot tub at the beach. And one of my kids was like, my ginger kid is like, I hate the beach right now. Are you serious? And it was like, they suffered enough with me traipsing them around. We drove round trip to Nacogdoches one day. Oh, man. From San Marcos to Nacogdoches and back. We were in the car. 12 hours. Yeah, that's a solid. And I spoke for 10 minutes and we like drove up, pulled in. I walked straight in, straight to the podium and spoke. And then the event was over. And then we got back in the car and drove back. And they are holding that over my head. They're like, you made us go all the way, you know? Yeah. So I was like, fine. My needs are unimportant in this trip. Yeah. Cabin, snow hot tub because mine were sleep yeah sleep bed sleep feed me not i didn't even care about food right like sleep and so um i made a facebook post and lots of people everybody loves to be helpful and they're like here's a link to my airbnb and go to the wisconsin dells and do this and and i was like oh i didn't mention i don't have no money you know what i mean but i was trying to figure it out to make it work and then I get a text message from one of my girlfriends. She's a rocket scientist. I already like her. <laughs> and um, she's lived in Denver for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And we've, the boys and I have been to Denver several times. We've spent a lot of holidays together. They've come yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. She also has done remote trips to D.C. where we've gotten to go see her in D.C. And so we have a big relationship, right? And she texted me and she's like, your thread is too long to read through. I don't know if you found a place or not, but we bought a house in the mountains yeah. and it has a hot tub. And snow. And so she was like, so there's snow and hot tub and cabin. And I think in my thread too, I had said something about being off grid. She was like, I don't have to give you the Wi-Fi password. Um, and then she said, and I can pick you up from the airport and take you back. And she calls me while I'm walking, and I walk into my apartment, and I look, and flights were $49. Oh, man. And I was like, sold. Done. Going. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, I mean, it was the cheapest, really nice vacay. But so I email them, and I say, I'm going to the mountains. Um, You've reached out to me. Yeah. Um, I will not endorse, and I have not endorsed any candidate publicly unless they support a ban on fracking, uh, 
rights, sacred rights of indigenous people, the rights of nature, uh, like very left, you know, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. human rights kind of things. But I was like, if either one of you are willing to support these platforms, I will endorse and it's, you. It's all or nothing. They can't like be like, well, I'll give you the indigenous rights, but we can't ban fracking. Um. Well, isn't that interesting? I know, because honestly, like if I was going to like try mm-hmm. to do this out with you, right? I would go with indigenous rights. As but then, a staple. But like, then that's where we're dealing with the pipeline situations. But, and they're well, digging exactly. up the graves yeah. of Yeah, and, no, and, it's no this all this whole thing is disgusting. Yeah, and, and it's because of the fracking yeah. that then they're saying they don't have the pipeline capacity. Oh, yeah. So then they're shoving it through. Yeah. You know, and so it's no, all it, it interconnected. Does make sense that it's it's really have to be everything. It's all interconnected. And this is all pre corona, right? I mean, not really, because corona you know, started in 2019 and here we are having this discussion in March, 2020, where I'm sending them these emails and I'm like, I'll endorse you. Yeah. If you go left. Right. And, um, one of the candidates I never heard from again, and mm-hmm. and I think totally took it as a an f off yeah. like from me, right? But that could have been a response back, like, "Hey, can we negotiate here?" Yeah. Right? And I get back from the mountains, mm-hmm. and a couple days later, I get one of the candidates sent me a very legal letter. Um, it was an attachment, mm-hmm. and it was like agreeing to everything I asked for. And really? was like, thank you for this opportunity. I would really like your endorsement. I will do all these things. Well, I like that. And that I was sounds... like, all right, I didn't expect I didn't yeah. expect that. I didn't expect yeah. that. And then I was like, well, what do I do with this? You know? And then um, so then we set up a meeting mm-hmm. and I was like, Well, when are you gonna put this stuff on your website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When are you gonna be public? And then it was like, Well, you have my letter. Well, you have the letter. And I'm like, but that that's not that's not anything. And yeah. then, um, and part of it too is, um, I still have campaign debt, um, which I didn't know about oh, these yeah. kinds of things. Uh, it's like being a student graduating and you're like, I got it. No, no, you don't. You're still, right. you're still in debt. And that actually happened yeah. to me too. The university wouldn't release my transcripts cause I still owed $800 like oh after I graduated. God. Um, <laughs> so yeah how could I be ignorant of this um but so I still have campaign debt and not that it's like quid pro quo or or whatever but um part sometimes uh when you endorse and then fold your campaign into theirs they will then cover your debt debt, right yeah um and maybe it's because then they're acquiring your list that you've spent a lot of time and money building yeah for, for fundraising and all these kind of things and so um I sent an agreement of my list, like my mailing list, my email list, my mm-hmm. this. I did not give any of this data over. Yeah, you just, you're just like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll consent to this. Here's an agreement. And then, this. and we would have to do a, a, a joint press release, yeah. a joint press conference, because I will not endorse unless these platforms are coming out of your yeah. mouth. And are met instantly. Right? Yeah. And so that text message that I just got before I came to record mm-hmm. this podcast was, um, did you endorse this other candidate because um, uh, that's what they're saying? Oh, okay. And I just I got wanted you. to check for accuracy. And yeah, my yeah, immediate yeah. response, and I had no idea who it was, if it was a reporter, I yeah, didn't know. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because it was a you text didn't endorse message. anybody. Yeah, and so my immediate response was no. Yeah. And then I said, who is this? Yeah. And it was one of the other candidates. The other one. Who the, never the, responded the, to me. The lawyer, the defense both lawyer. For, well, the def- but this one was a specifically the oil and gas the, defense. The, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. um, yeah. So, um, 
I replied back and I was like, no. And then it was like, well, they just were saying that you endorse them in a thing with environmental groups just now. And awesome. And they've been saying it in some other places. And I was like, I've, I have never in any way endorsed. Yeah. There was a discussion. And so I'm just, I'm learning so much. And, um, no, it sounds really neat. Honestly, it, it, it it sounds like, like the, the, the reality version of, of, of Veep. I don't know if you watched any of that show, but I haven't. So Julian many people Dreyfus. have told me, and through my it's, whole campaign, honestly, that's how I know about eating the debt. Wow, is because of that show. Because like she gets, she's like, I'll get your endorsement. You're like a million dollars over. You fucking owe me or whatever. She does this whole amazing speech, and then she's she's like, I'm gonna eat your debt. And then the guy's like, Okay, I'm done. You know, oh. like that was a, He's like, I want all this stuff done. I want all this done. And she's like, No, I'm not doing any of that. You owe way too much money anyways. You can't afford this. Right. She's like, so my campaign now is, you know, which I thought was pretty. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I just, I just last night, I marked it on Hulu for my list to watch. Oh, it's a must watch. It is. It's hilarious. And I need to, and then, and that's, and also Parks and Rec. That's the other one that everybody's like, Kelly. Never seen that one? No. Man. I don't watch. I'm busy. Yeah, I don't true. watch. I know. Yeah, you do. You, do <laughs> you say, you say a little busy, you know? No, it's very true. I don't watch a lot of TV. And also as a comedian too, um, I think sometimes I worry, not that I like am shy of watching things, but like. I worry about jokes getting in my head Influences. and then trying to remember if that was my own idea yeah. or someone else's. Yeah. And so that's where I try to avoid some of that stuff too. No, yeah, I know. And that's, and that's funny because every now and then I try to like write a joke or I'll say it, I'll think of something funny and I'll come in here and I'll like set up and I, and I do the whole thing with the cadence. And then I'm like, man, I just really feel that that was someone else's joke. You know, like as I, after I do it, so I just keep it to myself and keep it tucked away in a little file, you know, The first time I ever performed in New York City, Mm -hmm. um, I was actually... What year was that? 2007. 2007. Yeah. Um, I was was pregnant with my son, but I wasn't out about my pregnancy yet because Mm -hmm. it was... I hadn't reached the 12-week mark, and because I had had a miscarriage many years before at the 12-week mark, I was like, this is why you don't tell people. (laughs) And so so I was like secretly pregnant, which was funny because there was one point I I was at an event where we were playing drinking games, but I was just drinking Hawaiian punch, and nobody nobody knew. knew. And uh, and then also like at the bars, like I would have like um, cranberry juice and club soda with lime. Yeah. And nobody knew. You know if, what I mean? Yeah, whenever, before Topa Chico entered the bar scene, if I, I don't drink, and I mean, I used to, but whenever I quit drinking, I'd still go to the bars and I just would walk around with a Coke with a lime in it and I would fit right in. Yeah, and then that's the thing. It, there's a whole other, we could go on forever, but um, the mentality of where people are like, well, why don't you have a drink? Let me yeah. get you a drink. Why, why don't you, and if you just have something in your hand, yeah, no, then you're good. Everybody leaves Honestly, you alone. if you have a glass of water in your hand, I used to call it a vodka long and tall. Was just a glass of water. <laughs> I'm like, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a vodka long and tall. Like, what is that? It's like eight shots of vodka. That's what it looks like. And they just, I don't know, man. People just believe then me. And they are like, cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're cool, bro. Great. Yeah. Um, but so I was secretly pregnant. I was in New York, and um, I was visiting some friends who had come to my show, and mm-hmm. it was a bringer show. There, like, no qualms about it. Yeah, like, I was yeah. not. I was nothing. I was very nothing. Yeah. Um, I had been in New York, and um, 
my my friends took me to like a Starbucks in yeah. New York because like that's like a thing, right? And I'm not supposed to drink as much caffeine because I'm pregnant, but I don't. And so I'm asking the Starbucks person, and I'm like, "Is there any way that like I could get like a coffee that's like some caffeine and like some like a decaf, yeah, like, like kind of mix it?" Yeah. And then and literally, um, the barista was like. I'll have a half calf, like yells it back, right? And I was like, oh, it has a name. <laughs> I had no idea, and yeah. I felt so stupid. And so then that night in the performance, I tried to tell a joke about that or say something oh, yeah. about it, which was terrible. About I was very your terrible. Experience at yeah. Starbucks. And I had no, I was so new to comedy. And, um, and to be honest, um, they actually video recorded that set, and mm-hmm. I have it on VHS. Oh, I want to watch. But this. I haven't seen it. Like I still have yet to see it. But I do own ha- it. You have the VHS. I have the VHS. And I it have, says I know Kelly Stone, you New York v- Comedy Club. Do you have a a, a VHS player? Mm-mm. I have. A Otherwise, that I would have seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's really just where you're at with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have. Wow, this is like epic though, because I mean that's like old as shit now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I have a VHS tape of me doing stand up comedy. Like yeah. if anybody wants to question. When she I broke started. out in 2007 when yeah. they were still using VHSs. But I know, I remember that I talked about the half-calf situation, yeah. right? And then like two years later, a year later, I saw uh, a movie with Will Ferrell, like a soccer movie. Um, yes. Kicking and Screaming. Kicking and Screaming, yes. And there's like a whole half-calf thing that happens, a scene oh. in there. And it's basically exactly what happened to me where the barista like says, oh, I'll have a half calf or whatever. And I was like, I swear to God, I'd never seen this. You never know. You could have been sitting in a room with someone that was just a writer, you know? <laughs> I, like, uh, but then that's the thing, too. It's is New like, York. Everyone in New York's a writer or it's like the set of friends. Well, that's th- my only that's my only images of New York that I know. There's so many commonality, shared experiences. Yeah. That's why there's like... Well, I was flying on an airplane and people all there's yeah. so many comedians that talk about airplane experiences, right? And so like ordering at Starbucks is not unique to the comedian that talks about it, yeah. right? And that's why you hear so many people talking about Tinder. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and this and that. But then it's that spin or it's that it's, twist. Yeah, it's the way you use the the, the, the the surprise. Yeah. At the end of the joke. The absurdism or whatever. And so but um I I do try to avoid um I try to avoid as much as possible having other thoughts in my head because, mm. ooh, it's pretty full already. Yeah. <laughs> That's really hilarious. Um, I will make this the most chronological discussion ever, and you can drop, you can start talking at any timeline of your life. Oh. oh. I, I have to listen to these, these fucking episodes so many times. So I was getting a Mary Kay makeover when I started my period um, <laughs> at age 11. <laughs> Uh, is that really what happened? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. It didn't happen like that for me at all. When you started your period? Yeah, no, I was mm. not getting a Mary Kay makeover. Yeah, my mom had just started selling Mary Kay, and we were all at the kitchen table, and she was using me and my friends and, like, going through the whole spiel of, yeah. like, the seven toners and all the oh, different All the shit you need to put on your that face. Then makes your face, like, break out. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I need it. And it's like, I, it, it caused that. Um... But and I remember like having to pee real bad, and then I went to the bathroom, and there it was, yeah. and I was like getting a Mary Kay makeover. Oh man, no, mine was uh, I was riding a bicycle up a flight of stairs, and I fell back onto the seat, 
And that is the only time that that's ever happened to me. So I know it's definitely not the same. I didn't have my period, but I... A period. I I broke a seal in oh. some part of my body. Oh. And I threw up white foam and bled behind uh, this, this corner of a house and cried for about two hours. That's horrifying. I know. It was horrifying. That's I was all alone. There was, I couldn't move. I was pretty paralyzed. This one time I pushed a kid out of myself um, in my bedroom. Nope. <laughs> that one takes the cake. Yeah. 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 No, so, uh. but... <laughs> But no, early because just earlier today, because we, we were we, we, when we were talking outside, but you were, you mentioned how you don't want your 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 ex husband in your new home or your home period because oh. he put up bugs. So it seemed like it was oh. interesting. Oh, that's you know why I was I mean? like, "What do you want to know?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, what happened? You, you have two kids with a guy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so and then two two miscarriages. One was with him. One was a different um, partner. Recent. The misca- It was a blighted ovum. I don't. Have you ever heard of a blighted ovum? No, but is that the one? Is I mean, is it where it? That's. No, I'm thinking of the one where the the egg sticks to the fallopian and doesn't actually go into. Oh, the that's womb. ectopic. Ectopic. Yeah. Yeah. I never. I mean, I'm a sex educator. Never heard of blighted ovum. Okay. And that's where um, you get all the benefits of pregnancy. Without all the baby. Um, so you have an amniotic sac yeah, and a yeah, placenta yeah. that attaches inside your uterus. But you don't have but the there's cells? there's no baby inside. There's nothing brewing. And so it will eventually expel itself. Okay. Um, Is it dangerous? So it can be, okay. right? Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's where I actually, I knew something was wrong yeah. and I didn't have health insurance. And so I went uh, to go get an abortion. Because yeah. I was like, I know that I am riddled with mutant and, yeah. <laughs> and I don't care what your ultrasound says, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then sure enough in my 24 hour pre, you know, make sure you know what you're doing. You bad evil woman, mm-hmm. um, screening. Oh yeah, um, that's right. The, the provider said, this is not a viable pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so you're absolved from all around. your sins. What? No, um, and flipped the screen around and showed it and was like, "There's nothing inside That's of it. You wild. have a sack attached. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Have this because I had like the HCG hormone and I was peeing positive pregnancy yeah. and and but it was like I know that some some parts came out of me um, and so wild. I know that there's something wrong, you know, and um, so instead of having to pay the eight hundred dollars for the abortion, I would have gotten a deal um, so that it was only like seven hundred and sixty dollars because there wasn't all that baby in there. Um, so the whole oh man, let's hold on. I want to price <laughs> this out. Let's just say a, an, a, an abortion costs eight hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. You're paying for obviously the overhead of the building, the tools, and the implements that they're using. But somewhere in there, that fetus is only worth. 30 bucks? 40, 40 bucks, bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it's real interesting. That is interesting. Um, and so, again, I feel like I just, everything that happens in my life, it's for me to learn, yeah. right? And this too shall pass, but it helps make me a better educator. It helps yeah, make yeah, me yeah. all the things. But so that was, that was one of the miscarriages because mm-hmm. I didn't have the 760 bucks. Yeah. And so he said, um, well, it was right around Christmas. He's like, we're going to close up for Christmas or I'm going to go away. Um, and so if it hasn't expelled itself by January 5th, then call me and, and we'll remove it, right? Okay. And uh, starting um, December 27th, 
was when it began. It took five days for everything to come out. December 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, 31. So on New Year's Eve was when it concluded. So my new year, I was like... Good God, that is like a new, new year. Yeah. And this is why, I swear, this is why I think women should just rule the fucking world. <laughs> it's because I can't, I, I was, I, I had a, I thought I had a kidney stone one time and I immediately rushed myself to the emergency room because it hurt a little bit. Yeah, and I, I <laughs> at one point, okay, during that five days, one of the days I paddled in a six-man boat, yeah. the cowboy's boat, while I had, like, meat parts coming out of me. and um, But I never mentioned it to them yeah. the whole time. Uh, one of the days I hosted a dinner party, <laughs> and something fell out into my drawers and rolled down my leg. Oh my and God. I had to, like, excuse myself to the bathroom. And it was, like, it looked like a piece of umbilical cord, like a chunk. Yeah. And I was like, ah! <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So, but the first miscarriage, I was 23 years old. And um, baby daddy, mm-hmm. who um, who fathered the the children that, that I've made that exist, mm-hmm. um, we got accidentally pregnant in the first month oh, yeah. of dating. So you're on your pink cloud high horse of the relationship and you get knocked up. No. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know? not at all. Like, because I thought he was a weirdo, like, to begin with. Oh, you, you know? were just <laughs> And, and then, um, and then this happens. And then he even said, he was like, well, if you are pregnant, you know, do you want to get married? And I was like, that's not a serious, that's not a serious question, is it? And that we were working at Bums Billiards. Oh yeah. yeah. I was here for Bums. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I used to be a bartender and a cocktail waitress at Bums Billiards. I knew a, a, I knew a bartender that worked there very shortly Mm -hmm. for a while. This was, um, like 99, 2000? Oh, no. Mine was way later than that. Yeah. Mine was like 2000 and... In 2001. 2010. Okay, yeah. Because then 9-11 happened um, yes. during all this. And actually, um, the the uh, one of our door guys at Bums Billiards, um, who lived with our manager there, mm-hmm. he overdosed and died um, of Oxycontin. Um, wow. they, they would like crush up Oxy and, and snort oh, it. Yeah. And uh, he overdosed and died, and his obituary was in... Okay, so the San Marcos Daily Record used to print at 11 a.m. each day, was yeah. when the newspaper would print. And so I used to receive a subscription to the Austin American Statesman, and so on 9-11, my newspaper had been on my doorstep since like 4.30 in the morning when yeah. it got delivered. So that day's news was not in the paper, but then the San Marcos paper printed at 11 o'clock that day. So they got all the news. had yeah. the 9-11 story. And so um, the the guy that OD'd, his obit was in the same paper. Oh, in the same o- paper. Yeah. Like you okay. opened it yeah. and it was... And so that was kind of crazy. And, and the reason I also say that is because uh, Baby Daddy, um, he ended up then taking the job of the guy that died and his room and becoming the roommate Mm -hmm. with the other guys. And then a couple months later, our manager overdosed on Oxycontin and died as well. Not before he pulled out six of his own teeth. Um, And so, and I have pictures of that, but he got in a fight and he pulled out six of his own teeth on like with a pair of pliers with his own hands, with his own hands. Yeah. So it, it was a dark time. Yeah. It's a dark time. Yeah. And so um I got knocked up instantly. Mm-hmm. Um and um 
And he was basically like, well, do you want to get married? And I was yeah. like, no, no. Well, 1955, um, it sounds like the most logical thing in the world to do. Right. And then a couple weeks later, like, and we were, I instantly told everybody, too, that I was pregnant. Yeah. Because in my family, um, you get pregnant when you're a teenager, and you tell everybody, and you have your babies. Yeah. And my grandma, my mom, my sister, everybody teenagers Mm -hmm. babies and i was 23 and so i was like and i already had a degree and so like i I was the professional one that got pregnant yeah but i was like well here i am knocked up and um and then a couple weeks later we're at the bar and somebody else they asked they were like well are y'all gonna get married and he was like well she won't answer me and i was like oh wait yeah this you're serious this This was a real conversation that you had with me Maybe do something nice. Is that the proposal? Like make dinner. Like yeah. I don't even know. You know what I mean? So all of it was pretty yucky. But then, and I was, I guess, feeling desperate. I don't know. So then I agreed. Yes, we're gonna do this. And so we set a wedding date for March twenty uh, third. And um, on January thirteenth, mm-hmm. um, I was working at the bar when um, my my body exploded, mm-hmm. and so ended up in the ER. And then they sent me home. Basically, I was in the process of a miscarriage, yeah. um, but they didn't ever say that. And they were like, go home, rest. And then it was like I got I went to take a shower and it just was yeah, like all, yeah. so much. So we, I end up back in the ER and um, it was real bad. And I ended up having to have surgery, mm-hmm. which was a DNC um, because they couldn't get all the matter out. Um, and so I had to have an abortion procedure to save my life. Yeah. Um, and that's why like, once uh, again, absolved from all your sins, these politicians do not need to be involved in our bodies. It is between us and our medical providers. And you don't know. Yeah. So, but, um, and that was my first time ever having to go to the hospital for anything. I was very lucky, very healthy person, you know, 23 years old, first ER visit, miscarriage and right after the doctor said um i think i've gotten everything out Mm -hmm. but i'm gonna send in uh, i want you to have an ultrasound to make sure because if not you have to have it removed you know and so it was like open door closed door like really bad sitcom the doctor walks out and the nurse walks in yeah and then she goes man looks like there was a massacre in here that's what the nurse said. That's what the nurse said. Wow, I love how. Sen- I mean, I, I doctors and nurses, I love them to death. I think they're great people, but man, they can become desensitized. Oh yeah, and then and yeah. then lose a filter. Yeah, you know. And so that's when baby daddy like looked like he was gonna jump up and rip her face off. Yeah, and I was like, calm down. When you work here long enough, your your yeah, sense I mean, of humor turns sick, yeah. right? And um, and I think we never said this, um. But I think that this is sort of how we, it was like, let's prove to everybody that's not why we were getting married. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Had, yeah, we had the miscarriage, and, and, the, the yeah, abortion. Yeah, and, and we did bond yeah. out of it. It was, yeah. was, it was pretty traumatic. And um, so then we had our wedding two months yeah. later. And so, like, I never, ever, ever should have gotten married yeah. is basically, you know what I mean? And um, we, were, we were married for nine years. Mm-hmm. He did not work for five of those wow. years, um, the first year and the last four years. Okay. Um, and so that first year was real hard. Yeah, I can imagine so. <laughs> and all my friends were like, oh, the first year is just hard. Yeah, he's just, it's he's just misunderstood. It's hard, it's hard. And so, and then um, we got him a job where he worked nights. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and I worked days. So we basically had just like a roommate, really separate lives. Yeah. Yeah. And then when we had our days off, like we could go out and drink and, you know, have sex and, you know, and, and, and it was, it was fine. It was manageable. Um, and so that lasted for six years Mm -hmm. until I got accidentally pregnant, um, again, Mm -hmm. um, with my, my oldest son. Yeah. And it turns out the reason I got pregnant was because I, my body had evolved mm-hmm. um, to where I had a 33-day cycle, and I had had um, a 28, 29-day cycle previously. And so, um, and your, now... Your, your math was wrong on your dates? Yep, yep. And, um, and, and it is that feeling, you know, like, I see all these people, they do their Facebook posts, or like, where they surprise the partner, or they open a present, or yeah. like, it's this special, like, we're having a baby. And I remember us laying in our loft bed from Ikea in our studio apartment, like very near the ceiling, mm-hmm. and me saying, pretty sure I'm, I'm pregnant, which I had already taken that, tests. That seems like one of the best openers for a movie. <laughs> right? You know, like just like a, you cut in, it's just there's the bed there, the whole, th- the whole thing, you're seeing the ceiling, you're just seeing like eyes and mouth or something, and that's the first thing that gets said in the movie. Yeah. It's a and good then opener. The second line from him was shit. Yeah. Oh, that's it. And you know what I mean? And Cut so to it black. was like, and then that's in the, uh yeah. and so um I'm glad that we moved back to Texas because of like some social support and stuff like that. But um then reproducing mm-hmm. and and doing that really put a magnifying glass on why we never should have been together. Yeah. You know, all of those sort of things. And um so I finally, I started my chess game. Oh, and then I also got accidentally pregnant again immediately. Mm-hmm. I had a six-month-old baby when I got pregnant again. That's crazy. That's like, that's like my, that that's like, that's unheard of. It's not. A little bit. It'd be like, some people get pregnant. Um, my dad was real close. Yeah, there's like, they true were Irish months, twins yeah. are like nine or ten months yeah. apart. My dad Mine was 11. Were, Mine were 15 months yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. So I had a six-month-old baby when mm-hmm. I got pregnant again. Um, and actually, this this will be a good wrap-up or tie-in with what we're talking about right now because um, it was the Bush stimulus checks that... Boom, I remember those. ...that got me pregnant. I, um, got, I, got, I got that check. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he wasn't working, mm-hmm. um, and I was now I had one baby, you know, mm-hmm. and I was losing my mind and I was busting my booty and all the stuff and um we could barely pay for everything, right? And so that stimulus check I was like, oh thank goodness we're gonna be able to pay our utilities and we're gonna be able to yeah, do this. Yeah, yeah. And the check hit it was either on Friday or Saturday. I don't remember but I do know Mother's Day was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so the check hit on Friday or Saturday and as soon as it hit he ran out and spent it because Bush said, go shopping. Go shopping, yeah. And he's a true believer. He was prior military. Yeah. like So he was like, we're not supposed to use this. And then also I'm like, well, what if I just then wanted to use it to go shopping? You know what I mean? But you yeah. go you go shop. Uh, he ran out to the outlet malls that we have here in San Marcos and bought a Michael Kors purse oh, okay. and a Michael Kors watch. Mm. Um, and that basically was the stimulus check, yeah. right? Is that the stuff that says MK on it? Yes. Okay. So that stuff's real expensive. Yes. It's super gaudy. Yes. You still have it? I got rid of the watch. Okay. Uh, I still have the purse. 
I don't use it very often. It's a really good purse. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, but and and the thing is, is like so nobody had. I've never had a good purse. I've never. And also, I'm more of like a fanny pack or like a vest with pockets. You know, yeah. like I don't really. Um, but I was a new mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a good purse, like, but and I also had been practicing abstinence because everything disgusted me. And I'd never gotten my period back because I was still exclusively breastfeeding. I had a six-month-old baby. And so I engaged in um, marital activities of thanks. Yeah. Um, thanks for, for the purse. For the purse Here's and a the baby. watch. And the watch. Here's a baby. But Well, and I didn't even. Yeah, and it was an accident. I didn't know. Yeah. And um, by That's the time funny. I figured it out that I was pregnant, I thought that I was eight weeks pregnant. Mm-hmm. And my midwife was like, let's just get an ultrasound and get you dated just so that we know. 14 weeks. Oh, good God. Pregnant. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this one's here. Like, it's stuck. And so I was like, I guess I got to tell people. And I was also like, oh, my God, Bobcat build. Like, (laughs) I have to tell work. Um, So, yeah. So I ended up having the two babies. And then when the second baby was three months old was when I was like, I really want to separate like this is not it's th- there was so much bad. Yeah. And also he wasn't working like and so I it was so stressful and he literally got on his knees and begged yeah. for me to not separate. And I really my goal for separating was to make it work because I am not a quitter. And and I was like, if we separate and you can do these things and yeah. make these yeah, improvements, yeah. then maybe we can resolve this you know and and he begged not to and then two years later still nothing on the list had been completed and the whole time i had been um playing a chess game yeah Um, very strategic yeah yeah and uh, part of that was leaving the one job to become the health educator so that i'd have minimum less hour and so everything i was moving pieces um i had a therapist and there was um, well, I went through a few therapists, but and this one therapist, she said she was like, "What are your goals of therapy?" Mm-hmm. I said, "I want a divorce." That that it, <laughs> it is wild, but it's very true. My 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 wife told me, you know, like her ex her ex boyfriend, the story behind that. But she's like, you know, I I I dated him for two years. It was the first year was the relationship, and the next year was how to break up with him. You know, like what, how I'm starting to set myself up. And I always hear that from people. And I think I just really lucked out. Yeah. Because at mine, like, I think my wife went through what y'all went through. But I was on, I was the dude on that end. Like, I really was like the bumbling buffoon of an idiot (laughs) in my last, in my last marriage, you know, because I was just, I was a train wreck of a human. I really am glad that I left. I have no regrets. No, you don't seem like you do. I, I I was looking for that torch you were still holding for him, but no, you can't find never, it anywhere. No, Mm-mm, not no. even a flashlight. And and that became. I mean, immediately it was a freeing experience in my parenting. Yeah. That I didn't have somebody standing in my kitchen, questioning everything yeah, that yeah, I yeah. did or that I said or that I wanted to do. And he had a lot of social anxiety. Yeah. And I am like the antithesis of that. Yeah. And um, and so there was even like Halloween parties we would go to and he would like hold the children so that he didn't have to talk to anybody. But then he would like 
give me ugly looks like yeah you need to do that because I'm holding these kids and I'm like, put them down. Like yeah. they can just walk. Let be, yeah, just like let them there's walk a around. fence. You know what I mean? Yeah, don't worry. And, and so um, it allowed me to then be the parent that I want to be or that I desire to be yeah. without being second guess or challenge. And then without having to deal with that added energy of the negativity and also of having to support another person. Yeah. Um, what did he do for work? I mean, like whenever he was working. So he had been in the military yeah. before we met, but before he ended up taking the the guy that OD'd and getting his mm-hmm. job, um, and he and he was living at his mom's house, um, and up until all of this, he'd never paid his own rent, like ever in all oh, of yeah. his ever. Well, it totally makes sense. Like he just grew up with his folks, and then whenever he got and old enough, military, he moved to military. Yeah, well, and it was jail or military. It, it, it yeah, was yeah. one of those kind of things, and um, and so. The job after the first year of marriage that we got for him was um, security guard. Yeah. And so that's why it was like night shift, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and what was really great then when we moved to Philadelphia, which he did not want to do. Yeah. But I was like, you're hindering my education. And then I ended up dropping out of the program. Um, but um, we moved to Philadelphia and he got a job doing security at the Art Museum of Philadelphia, um, which was really cool. That's really neat. Yeah. And I mean, if you're going to be a security guard anywhere... If you're gonna do it at like a night night you know night shift at the museum, it's gonna be pretty cool. It was way cool, except he didn't have to wear like a security guard uniform. He wore like a suit, and he was yeah. like a supervisor, and so it was like probably the best job he's ever had, you know. Yeah. And there was one point when they were dedicating the the Rocky Balboa like statue, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a statue of actual Rocky. It was a statue of Sylvester Stallone as Rocky. Yes, it was a prop from the movie. But there was this event where they were dedicating it, and he got to escort Sylvester Stallone around the oh, art museum. Great. And so, um, like, there was a, that was cool. And then yeah. it was like, and I had my friendships in Philly, and so Philly was a good time. But then I got knocked up, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, but basically security. Um, and there was one of his security guard jobs that he had where he got in trouble because they had caught him on camera going through people's desks and stuff. Like, he was very... Oh, he was nosy. Yeah. I mean, was he stealing shit, or was he just one of those weird, curious people? No, just always, like, very Snoopy. Yeah. And he said, that was one of the first ways that I learned that people look in other people's medicine cabinets when they're in the bathroom at somebody's house. Yeah. That's never even occurred to me. I know, I've never done that either. It's never occurred to me. The only time is if I'm, like, having an emergency, and I'm like... Oh my God! Please tell me there's a tampon in a drawer. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But other than that, like I've never. Um, and that's where he was like, "If you leave me alone in a house, like I will look through everything." Um, and then that's how you had mentioned. So when I was planning the divorce and yeah. starting to come out to people about it, not but still secretly because it was like, "Hey, here's the next step." But he could probably step. feel the energy. Right. Well, and so um, then. There were there were different students of mine that would come out and tell me stuff like after they graduated and they'd be like, hey, now that I've graduated, I can tell you this experience I had with your husband. But they Uh, didn't tell me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, one of my students when I was there at the health center. So I was already in my chess game of leaving. And I even told my boss on the first day, I was like. I took this job because I want a divorce. Mm-hmm. And she said, I fully support you. And like the whole, you know <laughs> That's what I mean? Great. Um, but um, I was having lunch 
in my new job with one of my former students and we were sitting out on the balcony of the health center and he said that he had been he had hung out with my ex socially mm-hmm. um, on a weekend that um, he had, was supposed to go with me to visit my family and mm-hmm. take the two baby children in the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and instead, he opted out of that trip, huh? At the last minute yeah. when we were leaving, and then he was <laughs> like, "No," and so I had to travel by myself with these two babies. It was the most horrifying, and my family was like, "Please go sleep. We are taking these yeah. children," and they were like, "You look so terrible." Um, And then on the drive back, it was torrential rain and I had screaming babies, but I couldn't pull over because I didn't know what to do. So I was just and then when I got home, he never even came outside to like help unload the car or do anything like I was unloading. baby. It was like the most horrible weekend of like motherhood. He just yeah, he sounds like a swell person. And it turns out that whole weekend that I was dealing with that he had this former student over to like drink beer, smoke pot, hang out. And during their hanging out time and their bonding, he revealed that apparently in the early days uh, when we first started dating and married, because that all happened kind of instantaneously, um, he had bugged my apartment for that whole first year. Um, was it just video or was it was it just sound audio? So audio? When, when yeah, that's he what was, I meant. When he was in the military, he was a um, um, a communication specialist. Okay. So he knew like yeah, all these things, and so he had done that the first year we were together, and wild. I was finding this out nine years later, and um, actually, it's somebody that works with with your wife now, but um. Um, she was giving me a ride home from the health center from a men against violence mm-hmm. meeting that we had. And I revealed this to her and she worked at the, um, Hayes Caldwell women's center, which is like our yes, domestic violence. And, um, she said, she was like, Kelly, I've heard a lot of abusive stories. And she was like, I've never heard anything like this. Like, yeah, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother level. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a, just a whole crazy form of like manipulation and control. Yeah. And triangulation that like, yeah, you don't, you just, he had something go on in his life that led to some crazy shit. Oh, you know? for so, sure. And that's, yeah. and actually and, leaving his family <laughs> yeah, was also one of the biggest well, yeah. reliefs of it is that I didn't have to have these people. You don't have to be uncomfortable around them when you go see them. Yep. Now, and that's the way I was with my ex's family. None of them liked me. I didn't really like any of them. You know, and it was real obvious that I was very unwanted, except for two. There was there was an uncle and an, and an uncle and aunt that loved me. And I, and I liked going to see them because I could ride their horses. But other than that, no one else liked me, you know. So, yeah, I think they liked me enough, but I just wasn't willing to accept yeah. the violence and the level. Yeah. of Yeah, it was not. And, and, and we had I had it written into the divorce decree that um, his parents are not allowed to be alone with my children. Oh, that's good. So are they like they just fight all the time. I mean, they just um, there was a point there was one story when I was in Philadelphia and we hadn't reproduced yet. But um, all the sisters had children mm-hmm. uh, pretty much um, except for one. She didn't. But um Um, and one of the sisters had called me and was very upset. And we talked about it, that the mother had put her hands around one of the children. She was three years old. The niece was three years old and she was being a snotty little three year old at a restaurant, um, being snotty to grandma and grandma put her hands around the child's neck and started trying to choke her in the middle of the restaurant. Oh, good grief. 
And there were lots of these stories like that. And that's where I was like, no. Well, yeah, that's an unnecessary amount of trauma that anyone needs. You to will have. never yeah. be alone with my children. Yeah. Like, and we had an agreement about that while mm-hmm. we were married, but that was my, I wanted it in the decree. I wanted it to yeah. be established because I figured he could get desperate and need a babysitter or, you know, yeah, what I mean? you don't know. people do it all the time. And I didn't, I needed that to not be an option. Yeah. Um, so that's well, where that's we are. That's wild. So where, where is he at now then? I mean, like, is he, he's, he's a local guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. I, I've never met the guy. I guess I don't really need to though. Cause I'm your friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, if you piss me off, I may endorse him. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, and, and he he he's very engaged um, with the children. Yeah. Um, and has a great relationship with them, and they they love him very much. And um, but we do not have a co-parenting relationship. Yeah. Um, he refuses to speak to me. He's actually berated me and yelled at me in front of them, even post-divorce, and said that I could die and disappear, and, and you know, yeah. like really ugly. No, things. it's a shame when it's like that. I, you yeah. know, my wife and her ex husband and i all three of us co-parent um you know uh the, the merced the, her daughter yeah. and and then and then he's actually helped with zeke you know just just bouncing back and forth every now and then wow and that's wonderful yeah. i mean it truly truly is wonderful because i don't have any co-parenting with my ex yeah you know it's the same kind of deal like she would oh god i remember one time she would she refused to meet me at this certain one spot, so I had to go to this other spot. You know, she had all the power; she was in control. Mm. So I was like, okay, so we go to like the big, this big parking lot that's full of cars. I'm like, where are you at in the parking lot? She goes, oh, you're just gonna have to find me. And it's like, uh, you know, it's just, oh. it's like those little bit things. And that right there, like even telling you that, still makes me want to like go back and strangle her. Yeah, you know, and shake her really hard, but I, I can't, you know. But I mean, I'm still. That still pisses me off. And that happened a lot, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it sucks whenever you just can't, like, can't get over yourself. Or I don't even know what it is, you know? Well, for me, the I find comfort in books because I'm a nerd. And, and you are. so anytime I feel like I, I don't understand or I can't control or, you know, I can't yeah. navigate. I go to the library and I get like as many books as I can about that subject or about yeah. that oh, thing. Yeah. And so right when I got divorced, I got like all these books about co-parenting and divorcing mm-hmm. and da, da, da. and I got children's books, you know, yeah. for the, but they were really little. They were two and three. Right. And then, um, I swear it was like, Five years later, my kid is still having a meltdown and asking a lot of the same questions he asked before. And it was like, why two houses and why? But they're evolving and their understanding of things. So then I had to go back to the library Mm -hmm. and get books for that age and that were helpful, right? Re-explaining why you got a divorce. Yeah, except but like at that developmental state, right? And then, um, but then I got more books for myself Mm -hmm. and I found things like, joint custody with a jerk and um, things about like dealing with a vindictive ex. And like, I was getting these books that gave me different things. I want that book. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of stuff. The library is amazing, but yeah, I guess I felt too optimistic in the beginning that we would like, Still be able to make it yeah, work. It, yeah, we, we won't be together, but it's still going to work out. It's for the know? children, yeah. right? And then, and I kind of would love, like, if we we're like visiting, I'm like, we're dealing with biting issues. Yeah. And here's a phrase I'm using. If you want to, and what are you doing? Or like, mm-hmm. and I see co-parents yeah. all the time, but I just recognize that, like, I'm just counting down to when they are old enough that I am, do not have to have any more. 
Yeah, no, and it, and honestly, my, my son at this point, he's becoming he's pretty auto- you know autonomous, mm-hmm. so it's it's great with you know I deal with him, and I'm like you make sure you're ready by the time I come to pick you up, because your mom's not gonna do it for you, <laughs> you know. So, but no, it 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 gets it gets just difficult as shit sometimes dealing with other parents that just do not want to work with you. Yeah, so I really I really like being a single woman. Um, and I, I do enjoy mothering boys. I actually don't know what I would do if, if I had girls, even though I'm like super raging You'd be feminist great at it, and all I'm this sure. stuff, yeah. but I love, you know, tree climbing and nature and all that. Like yeah. th- this is more my, my speed. Yeah. And, uh, shop is closed up. Super not interested in any more reproduce. I mean, now they're 12 and 11. So I'm oh, like, no, it's, it's a, I'm so I had close. a, I had a nightmare that, that we had a baby and, and she she wanted to have the baby and that was the nightmare was the fact that that she got pregnant and then she was like but i think we should keep it and i just kind of was like well oh okay great you know because that for me is i'm done i'm also vasectomy so i'm not worried about it oh nice yeah no i had two and i'm i went and got fixed instantly i mean we just got a foster dog yeah. Um, and that's, oh, I that's handle the, that. Yeah. We got dogs and I was really against having dogs. I was, I wasn't raised with dogs. I grew up on a ranch. We had dogs, but they were working dogs. So right. They always stayed outside. We had one inside dog, but she wasn't mine. It was my dad's dog. But I really love these two stupid dogs that we have now. And it's like totally, it's, they are, they're like children. Yeah. And even though I have children, but you can, you can leave the dogs alone. Like, you can. Um, yeah. and that's the thing when people are like, Oh, and it's like, no, you're not paying someone so that you can go do yeah. comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your dog right now. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, there was a lot of years that I was losing money. I, I was paying people money to watch my children so I could go do comedy for free. Yeah. You know, and so um, it's hard. Um, but uh, I think divorce is a very, I think. We've set a lot of things up that um, th- we think that we're going to be with someone and that it's forever. Yeah. And a lot, many of our friendships, a lot of our relationships have ebbs and flows. And so I think that we do have people for a time. Yeah. And, and if we looked at relationships that way, and I think that that's why my, my last uncoupling was so healthy is because um, it wasn't like somebody did anything wrong or it was like, mm-hmm. da, da, da. it was just like, this has run its course yeah. and you need less and I need more. And so yeah, let's part ways. Well, you know, and it's funny because I'm, I mean, I remember my, my first divorce was tumultuous and terrible and not really the divorce. By the time I got to divorce, I was over it, right. but the breakup itself yeah. and all that, the insecurities, the ego and all that bullshit that I had to deal with for myself. And I was getting sober at the time, you know, I, I quit drinking and I thought that that was going to fix everything. And apparently I was way wrong. That just that just made me feel everything, and then I had to deal with that. But but it did end up the marriage was unsavable, and but I remember that breakup, and then moving down the road another I don't know six years later, I, I was in a in a longer relationship, and uh, and and I remember whenever that breakup happened, it was very much like, you know, hey, I'm I'm really upset about what's going on and how this everything's working out we need to talk about this, but in before we need to do that, everybody needs to just separate and then we'll come, we'll readjourn in a month. And we did, we had a meeting at a coffee shop. We went at Joe, Joe and the go. 
because we wanted to meet in public, and we just hashed out all our grievances very quietly. She cried. I tried to cry, but it just wasn't there. <laughs> I tried my hardest. I was like, I really want to be emotional with you about this. But I was like, uh, you know. But um, but it was neat, you know. And it really did. It made me realize that, that I, I kind of came up with that same philosophy, mm-hmm. you know. And I, the, uh, with Nina, I'm married to her, and we've, we've talked. We're, we're madly in love with each other somehow. I mean, we we're still only been married for a year. But we, we've known each other for so long. But even if... This one did come to an end. We both have already kind of agreed that, yeah, it's probably going to suck, but we're not going to like want to hurt each other over it. Right, right. You know? Yeah. And we also don't have children together. Right. And so if it ever does part, you know, other than what we have that we have to split up, you know, is we, we don't have, at least we don't have that, you know? Right, right. That's, I've been really jealous of many of my friends who've gotten divorced where there were no children. Yeah. Because then they just, yeah, walk you just, away. Like yeah. they're just you never done. see you can you can never see that person for the rest of your life. You yeah. can block them on Facebook and they don't done. exist. Done. Yeah. And uh yeah, so I am I'm just looking forward to when that has passed. But he this whole time, my my ex husband has has never had a significant other through the whole we got we I left in uh February of twenty twelve. No, 2011. Yeah. And uh, never a significant other. And I have I've so badly wanted a liaison. Yeah. Um, so bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's dating someone. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, hopefully it works out because it is nice. Well, and I would say it was it's, I've I've done tumultuous divorces with with two different women. Actually, I wasn't married to the first one, my my baby mama, but we were together. But I I, I did. I've I've gone through some of her boyfriends whenever we couldn't communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've talked to the other guy, and you know, sometimes it worked out, but sometimes it didn't. But for the most part, it was nice to sometimes just hear a different voice that was like, "I'll take your concern and pass it on, sir." Right. Well, you and know? I think too, like the then. I maybe this is assumptive, not maybe. I know it's assumptive, but that I feel like another woman would even be like, "Okay, our summer plans. So when are you going to have the?" I kids? know. Yeah, no, I and agree that with that. Then yeah, those questions would come up because I ask, and it's just like whenever. Yeah, I'm open. I'm uh, wide open. Whatever. And so yeah. I, w- I would like to like calendar. I would yeah. love. There was a point early in the divorce where I was trying to make these like shared calendars on Google. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, I was too, I was too, um, you were trying, I tried, you tried so hard. I did. No. Yeah. I, I, I put in due diligence. We went to three different couples counselors. Like I did like, yeah. And, 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 and even the fact that even feeling like I need to express that is still, I think a part of our societal, like. Well, what did you do? Yeah, what did for you this do? Marriage? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And so um, he just sounds misunderstood. We just never should have been together in the first place. Yeah, and so I think making it nine years is no, that's impressive. It's a, it's a, it's. I a lasted. Sentence. I got married at twenty two, and I was divorced at twenty five, and I no no twenty twenty seven. But we were only together for two years. It just took a while. Like I, you know, yeah, nobody had any money. So divorces are expensive, yes. you know, yes. especially when there's children involved, yes. you know, so. Yes. Oh, man. And so are campaigns. Campaigns <laughs> and divorces. Well, you heard it first, ladies and gentlemen. No. Um. Okay. I got my final. This is it. 
Okay. I'm fucking done. I'm done yeah. talking. It's hot as shit in here. It is. But my favorite question I always ask is a ridiculous question. If you could go back in time and you could hit the button where you don't have kids and you just have some crazy life, and but you don't remember that you hit the button once you hit the button. Right, right, right. You there's Everything yeah. is erased. Would you at least consider hitting the button? Well, okay, first of all, that's crazy that you're asking me this because I just made this statement this week to oh, my okay. potential new roommate where I was like, if I could go back... I wouldn't have had kids like and and this is probably what's going to come out like people are not going to care about my other stuff. I know somebody's going to sound by that right there. But the thing is, is like that was never a part of my desire. Like I wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw in New York and writing and then and E. Jean Carroll. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've seen how she lives, but oh, my gosh. Super jealous, um, and so that is that is what I yeah would want, and that is also what I seek when I'm done with this. I'll always be a mom. I'm always oh, yeah. going to be their yeah. mother, and I love them, and they're the great. They're so wonderful. They're so great, and it has changed my perspective pretty yeah. significantly. Um, however, if given the choice, um, I would take the easier path of just yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's no that's like at least the most honest question <laughs> and i i've talked to a, f- a handful of people that you, you hear these crazy stories and i know it's all out of love you know but i had a child at 17 and i had a child at 22 i was not prepared for either one of those you know my 22 at least i said i want to have a kid i was just really drunk that night and we ended up having a kid nine months later because i was fucking 22 right you know and she was 23 so we just have bodies that are ready to reproduce. Right. You know, I was 29 and 30. Yeah. Like my two births. Yeah. And um, but yeah. And, but at least you had some shit squared away by the time you had the babies. It made it to where you could you even if even if having the children would have been like a secondary thing in your life. Like, man, I was not planning to do this. And it, you obviously weren't, you know, but at least you had enough common sense to go, well, this may not be what I want. But now I understand because I'm old enough, and mature enough to go. Well, these are fucking lives and I'm going to raise them. And I'm going to raise them to be the best humans out there so then they can make these good decisions to change the world instead of the other parents that are like, I wasn't planning this. I'm going to have shitty kids because I'm going to treat them like shit, you know? Right. No, no, no. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's been my, is like, and the fact that I've been gifted, uh, with, with boy children is that, and they're white men, right? So that's a huge responsibility. No, it truly is. And whenever people say that that's not, it pisses me off. I've raised my son because he is a white male. Right. And, and, but I need them to understand that, when they walk into a room, they get privilege that other people don't yeah. get. And not because they're rich, and they know that, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, and and to be feminist, mm-hmm. um, to be... Um, to be loving and caring and 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 one of them actually came out this summer mm-hmm. and so um and I, maybe that's why like I'm their mom you know and so I've always just wanted to create a space and let them be who they are yeah. and not try to craft them except yeah. in the ways that I do of yeah. like oh no we're definitely going to this very liberal arts LGBTQIA event and yeah 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 excuse me, you will be exposed to this, but um, they're white men. And so they need to be able to um, to speak up. Well, that's the thing is I just, and I try to tell this to Zeke, I was like, I don't, whatever your preferences are in life, 
is okay. And you just need to realize, and the only thing that I want you to ever realize is that you need to be, if you're not going to be in the community, you are an ally to the community. Yes. You know, and that to me is like the most, that all that means is whenever somebody says the favorite F word for the, for the ignorance of fag, you say, Hey, it's completely not appropriate anymore. Like we're over that. I don't speak like that. And not, not only that, I don't want to hear it. I don't care. It's just two of us. Right. You right. know, it's, it's, it's standing a ground for people that, that need people to stand a ground for them, you know? Yeah. And that's what I want them. I want them to, to recognize it. And they do. And, that's good. And, and, um, that this is not an equal world that we live in. Yeah. And, uh, we need to work harder to help bring equity. Yeah. Um, and not just equality, but equity. Um, and so that's that's the work that I'm doing. And they support me and they challenge me. And I, I appreciate them very much. But and, and this is going to sound terrible. And but when they've asked me the same question, too. But no, I mean, if I could go back. No, heck yeah. yeah, I'd make my life easier. I like telling my kids if I had to pick one. I just love telling them that. I don't know why. It's just a terrible thing. But. I always like, if I had to pick one between my daughter and my son, you know, and then it just depends on what the mood is for the day. But we're way over our hour. Yeah, how long? What are we at? Uh, one hour and 53 minutes. Oh. This is great. I'll be able to get plenty of stuff out of this. <laughs> Two anyway. episodes. Well, thank you very much. The lovely Texas's most funniest lady in my book, Kelly um. Stone, and former candidate for the Railroad Commission. She's done the paddle four times, all the way from San Marcos to the coast. Friend me on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff because I'm trying to. Who put out your uh, Twitter? Yeah. What's, your, what's your Twitter? So actually, my Twitter is terrible, but it's at Team Kstone 2020 um, because they made me have it because I tried to get rid of Twitter because I don't want to support it with okay. what they're fostering. But then they were like, "You have to for the campaign." Uh, and then I'm uh, there's two Kelly Stones on Facebook. There's one that's the fan page mm-hmm. and one that's the friend page. Okay. And I am using all those to build because I am going to run again. Awesome. Um, but uh, no, no, no formal announcements or anything connected just yet. But um, I, I am still definitely growing my my fan base um, and and grassroots supporters so um climate change is real and we have to we have to keep fighting oh climate change is a matter of opinion no i'm just kidding it's very real all right thank you much okay go for it thank you for wasting your time and listening to parents just won't shut up okay say it again and say it a little bit slower wait how how slow just a little bit slower Thank you for wasting your time and listening to Parents Just Won't Shut Up. Awesome. Fortunately, I have the key to escape reality and you.